This episode of PSI Love You XOXO is brought to you by Pro Flowers. Aren't you tired of guessing what your Valentine wants for Valentine's Day? Wouldn't you love an easy, fail-proof way to look like a pro? This year, Pro Flowers is making it easier than ever by taking out all the guesswork. On top of their already low prices, right now you can get two dozen roses with free glass vase... It needs to say a free glass vase... For $29.99 plus shipping and handling. Or upgrade... And for $9.99 more, you can get two dozen long stem assorted roses with a premium vase and chocolates. Just go to ProFlowers, that's ProFlowers.com, and use my code XOXO. You support this show, you get the video all to stay on, and you get some cool flowers that you send to your girl or guy, and they go, oh my god. And here's a spoiler. Don't got a Valentine's Day? Just give them, give them to your mom. Moms like flowers. Maybe your dad likes flowers, too. ProFlowers.com. XOXO. You got it? <laughs> What's up, everybody? Welcome to PSI Love You XOXO, episode 73. I'm one of your hosts, Greg Miller, alongside the sharpest dressed man in the room, Colin Moriarty. Reminds me of that crazy drummer guy. Remember that? Remember oh, right. Yeah. Where he's that like was twirling, a song, yeah. He's twirling drum yeah. He's fucking They're playing sharp dressed man. I forgot about that one. I haven't seen that one in a long, long time. Ladies and gentlemen, how the fuck are you? Uh, not your ordinary episode of PSI Love You XOXO. As you can see, no computer. Colin doesn't need it today. As you can see for me, no papers. The, the only computer I need is right here, Greg. Finally, you're just done. You're done with the, the machines of man. I got this computer right there up here. Is, there it is. Um, what's happening is Tim and I have gone to RTX Sydney. Uh, we are flying back currently at the time you'd be seeing this maybe about, or we should have just landed, I guess. Basically, we're putting this one in the tank before we leave doing this one so we can't do if playstation's closed down sorry we didn't know that was going to happen we couldn't cover that so none of the not the usual pomp and circumstance of the show same closing segments of course because you're also supportive over on kind of funny.com slash psq and psm but here we have to do something different colin and so what i was thinking about for this episode because we like to do the evergreen episodes we did a whole bunch for the holidays right mm. and granted you could get another host while i'm gone but nobody can nobody can work with you the and way that, i work with you what are you gonna do who are you gonna bring i don't in? really want to work with anyone you know else. you're gonna wheel in air <laughs> i barely want to work her? with you it's like you're I, gonna I, bring in shuhei yoshida you no, got that no, no, you. No, nobody's no. nobody nobody can fill this gap no so what i was thinking for an evergreen episode we've already done the best vita games mm-hmm. we've already, we did just recently the top 10 ps4 games all that stuff could do ps3 games we could but we're not going ps2 to. games or ps1 games these kids net your rosy the kids today who are watching on the YouTube, they don't even know what a PS3 is. No. They've never even heard of it. They no. You try to talk to them about calling all cars, they're like, what now? Never heard of it. Best Net Your Rosie game, Be- Devil Dice. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> Nailed it. I think it's the only one. Um. So instead, <clears throat> what I thought... It isn't. Because I started looking at the calendar, thinking about what would be good evergreen content for you and I. Hmm. And I noticed that a week before this posts. Yeah. So last week y- yes. would have been January 31st. Yes. January 31st is my... 10-year anniversary of Jeremy Dunham responding back to me mm. and asking for an interview at IGN the next day he interviews me that that afternoon or that evening then he hires me. Mm. And so technically my anniversary is uh, March 1st in terms of being a full-time I work in the video game industry as video game enthusiast media whatever the hell you want to call it. We, we did at IGN and what we do now. So a decade for me. However, you 
have a decade of full-time, this is your life as well. Granted, you had the freelance stuff before then, and you did a whole bunch of little things like that. But in terms of you moved to San Francisco, you worked at IGN, you did all this stuff. Mm-hmm. I felt like we should do it like this. That happened. Yeah. Every time we do one of the top 10 shows, we do our Game of the Year shows, we do all this stuff, We, I think uh, the f- part we enjoy or seem to enjoy the most is when we do the shout-outs. And you shout-out games. You shout out, Sometimes you shout-out people and things along those lines. Mm-hmm. I thought what we do is do a decade of shout-outs. The... PlayStation stuff because we're a PlayStation podcast whether it be stories whether it be games whether it be developers whether it be people that have influenced our decade working on PlayStation yeah I want to keep it I'm just going to talk about people the games that they're they're related to I think are are tangential but important and then there'll be some great games in there yeah Um, but that is a great idea because I think I think one of the things that people don't quite understand um, let me give you an example Lay it on me, Colin Moriarty. A couple weeks ago, uh, Colin was right, went up uh, about uh, games, too many games on PSN. Yeah. Our buddy Adam Boyce, who used to be in charge of third-party relations at Sony, uh, we went back and forth over Twitter. Yeah. People were like, oh, Adam Boyce really ripped Colin up, or Colin really got mad at Adam Boyce, and and man, they're, they, you know, and I'm like, actually, Adam and I are, are friends, and uh, we, we reached out privately while it was going on, and we, we coordinated so that he'll come on and talk about this issue on GDC. Yeah. It's those kinds of connections, the kind of back... And back room kind of behind the scenes kind of things that I think are really interesting and give you guys a lot of context into the people we know and our relationships with those people and yeah. also how that affects uh, what, we're, what we have access to. It doesn't necessarily affect the nature of the coverage, but I think it's like interesting insight an interesting lens into like our lives. The 99% of the time we're not on camera or not in front of a microphone. Sure. It adds texture to that experience. And I think by people understanding some of the people that have helped us along the way or some people that have given us access along the way or some of the people that have stood in our way, sure. that we can give people some insight into that experience. And that Adam Boys thing I thought was really interesting to me because everyone assumed that, well, I, I, Adam and I go back several years. We, and you threw it all away just and to we, talk And we ruined this. it. We yeah. ruined all of it. Because you said but, there's too many games. That but there's always, there's always, there's always, I don't know how you'd feel about this statement, but I, th- there's always a there's personal relationships all over the place. There's there's intertwining threads, uh, and it doesn't affect the coverage of the game, but it affects. Um, what does it affect? It affects. Well, I have to talk about this game. Who should I reach out to? I'm interested in doing this interview with GDC. I only have five slots. Well, these are the five people that I want to target. Sure, I think that's interesting stuff. No, and 100%. we should give people. We should let people into that world. No, I mean, I mean. In, looking back at a decade of covering PlayStation for me or whatever, right? Like I, my, my first shout out is Jeremy Dunham because it starts with him, right? I mean, J- Dunham, of course, ran IGN PlayStation uh, editor in chief when I got hired there, but uh, then would go on to run IGN editorial, then would go on to do a bunch of different things, work at uh, uh, right Unit Fifteen, work over there on the SoCom Thirteen stuff, Unit Thirteen. Such a big fan that you would call it Unit Fifteen. I said Unit Thirteen. You said Fifteen. Did I really? Yes. Really? Yes. You're positive. No, I'm not. Cool, positive. Greg. Did I say Fifteen or Thirteen? I'm not positive. I'm not positive at all. I want to say this to be fair to you. The last maybe 10 times that I've said you said something, you yeah. didn't actually say it. Yeah. So the odds are in your ever in your favor. It's that thing where I, when I tell, when I, when we <laughs> yell, I yell at Kevin to rewind the tape, I'm usually pretty confident. I'm yeah, pretty you're, confident the odds are ever in your favor that you actually said 13, but I, yeah. I think you said you did 15. Go on. Zipper interact. <laughs> Now over at Psionics, of course. Yes. Big time over at Psionics. Yep. Big deal. Shout out to Rock Lee. They just have a little bit of money over there. Just they don't have much. Bit. They're just doing okay. You know what I mean? But no, I mean, you have to give a shout out to him. Dunham, of course, a huge influence on both of us. And I mean, I think personal lives and career-wise. But I mean, I'll never forget that night, January 31st, of being in the in Columbia, Missouri, next to my girlfriend at the time on the couch, watching TV. 
Bless you. Cough. Thank you, though. Uh, having the, the right computer place. open and seeing the email pop up on Gmail and respond. It was like nine o'clock, nine thirty night. Responding right back. You was in Gmail in two thousand seven. Yeah, yeah. Well, as soon as well, I got out of when I left Very Mizzou, nice. I got rid of my Mizzou.edu. Nice. They took they mm-hmm. turned it off mm-hmm. on me, so I, I'd probably be using that like an idiot. So, um, hit him back right away, and uh, he responded right away again. He's like, "Oh, I, I, you know, I appreciate the prompt response. He's like, can we do? Can you do a lunch time, an interview at lunch tomorrow?" And I was like, "Sure, I can." And closed it. And I turned to my girlfriend. I'm like, "I can't believe this is happening. I'm finally getting my shot." And this, they finally responded because, as I always say, this was my 13th attempt on that Gmail. Let alone what I did on Mizzou. Let alone what I did at Gamespot and EGM and all that jazz. But uh, then she looked at me. And she's like, "Yeah, but have you ever played the PlayStation 3? Because it just it come out in November, and you know we're obviously in January." I was like, "Fuck!" And called the one guy I knew in Columbia, Missouri, that had a PlayStation 3, and whenever they were played, I was like, "Man, this is a disappointing console." <laughs> and then did an interview with him, and didn't get asked one question about PS3 or PS2 for that matter. Really, just talking about games and seeing if I knew what I was talking about. And like, what I what always impressed me about Dunham was the fact, and this extends to Chris Roper, shout out to Chris Roper, of course, from the PlayStation team, and now working at PlayStation.com, but uh, when I was doing the interview, I was, first off, desperately not trying not to talk too quickly, like I, I did when I, I feel like I blew my interview with Inquest Gamer years before, and uh, I mentioned the blog I did for the Tribune, and I heard them say, yeah, about that, and they shuffled a bunch of papers, and they were like, we've been reading those, and is that the real you, or is that a character? And I was like, that's the realest thing I write at the, the Tribune. But it was also the, how impressed I was that they'd done that amount of research, that they weren't just in there seeing, you know, whatever. Right. They had actually gone through and done stuff like that. And so then, like, to get hired a few hours later on that, and then uh, when I almost died in Nebraska in the snowstorm, when I called Dunham at 6 o'clock in the morning my time, so 4 in the morning his time, and I went, wakey, wakey, sleepy head. He goes, it's 4 in the morning. And I'm like, I'm so sorry. I, I almost died in a snowstorm, and I got to turn around. I'll figure out how to get out there. Great dude. Great people. They are good people. Jeremy is an important person to me too. He was, uh, you know, I, I, um, I was very lucky to intern at IGN in 2003 briefly and then in 2004 for an entire summer. And, um, Jeremy was one of the first people that I met and, uh, was always very kind to me and nice to me. We used to go out and eat chicken wings and he gave me, there was a, at IGN there was, I don't know, it probably doesn't exist anymore. I'm sure it doesn't, but there was a secret message board. This is when IGN's message boards were very heavily trafficked. I don't know how they do now, but they, back in the day, they were very heavily trafficked in the early 2000s, the early aughts. Not only was it a great message board, this is before comments on articles existed. Mm -hmm. So not only was it, hey, we're at the vestibule talking about whatever the fuck, we're also going and posting about articles. Right. Every article would be posted manually. Yeah. Hope for the best. Uh, and it really so, worked out that way. Um, but uh, there was this secret PlayStation 2 message board only for like hardcore PS2 readers and, and just a small community of people. And he was like, you're now invited. And it's like, nice. It was like 18 or 19. I thought it was like the coolest thing ever. But, um, you know, since we're talking about IGN, I mean, I, I want to just tick off a small list of people that I, that I owe a great deal to. I mean, I started writing um, on GameFAQs when I was 14. And, um, you know, I, I bust your balls about it so much, but. You know, I remember when we were at Rooster Teeth Expo, or wherever the fuck we were, when you were like, oh, "It took me 13 times to make fun of each other." I'm like, "Oh, it took me zero times because I got my job offer." Uh, they, they, they. In 2007, they just offered me a job out of the blue. I didn't apply. I never applied. Um, and um, it was, it was, and always will be one of the great honors of my life that that they just were like, "Do you want this position?" The guy that used to work there is a guy named Jason. Went to Capcom, and you know they were kind of scrambling, and and I had written many a guide, strategy guide for them. Um, but when I was a young kid, um, you know, 14, 15, 16 years old, I mean, I spent a lot of my life writing these things for free and just doing it for fun um, and writing guides that were for old games. Mostly I wrote a guide for Musha, I wrote a guide for Super Mario Sunshine, etc. But yeah. I wrote my people, the guides that people really love are like Link to the Past and Zelda 2. I wrote all these ASCII maps and all this. 
and I just I didn't really have an intention of ever getting to this place at that time. I was doing it for fun. It was a, it was a hobby. I loved old video games. I wanted to make my mark in some small way. Um, and as I've said in the many times in the past, I wrote with a lot of very talented people at, at Game Pass. A lot yeah. of, some of them found their way in the industry. Most of them didn't. I've never heard it from most of them in a long time. But it could have been any of us, any one of us, that could have gotten that email that day being like, can you, you know, because the original email came from uh, Stephen Ng, who used to work at IGN, who was like, can we use your facts on IGN? The reason that that happened is because Game Facts and IGN had a cooperation in the late 90s, early 2000s that then fell apart. I don't know what happened. It, it might have just expired, whatever it was. And so IGN's like, we'll just make our own. And I was like, yeah, of course. And then they emailed back 10 minutes later and we're like, do you want to write strategy guides for IGN guides? $150 a guide. And, and like, I was I'm like, rich. which is fucking nothing. That's like fractions of a penny but of fractions of time. A, yeah. And I was doing it Fair anyway. Yeah. So I was like, yes, yes. And, and, and this was in 2002 and that's when I was really excited. So I, I, this is when I started working with Chris Carl, who's still one of my favorite people in the industry. He works at CBS now, but, um, he was in charge of IGN guides for a very long time. Um, he let me stay at his house when I was in California. I slept on his on his couch and all these kinds of things, as I've said many times. And so I owe him a great great gratitude. I owe Mark Ryan Sally a great a- gratitude. He's the great person who actually hired me. He's the one who took over for Chris Carl, still at IGN, one of the big wigs over there now in product. Um, I owe a great debt of gratitude to uh, Hillary Goldstein, who um, works now at EA, uh, but was the editor in chief of IGN when I moved over from Guides, and I basically went to him and you in a room because um, I was already already on Podcast Beyond for several years at this point and doing other things, but or a couple of years, and I was like, I, I'm I do not want to do this anymore, and I I need to move over. Or I'm going to leave. Basically. Yeah, you're like I'm done. I'm broken. Yeah, and uh, see that's the thing you always you joke around that like you got the job without uh, having to apply once or whatever, right? But you came in through the Andy Dufresne back channel of like crawling through shit to get to where yeah, you were. Absolutely. Where it was like, hey, go play these fucking games and <laughs> use a fucking uh, racing pedal to take, to take screenshots. screenshots to I did what, yourself. To do I did whatever it took, whatever yeah. it took, and. I'll tell you, Greg, and I, I mean it for people out there, like hard work does pay off. This mm-hmm. so-called American dream, the so-called like pulling yourself up and making yourself. Bootstraps. Bootstraps. It, it really is a real thing. Yeah, and I, I am the proof. I'm not trying to be like melodramatic. Like I am the proof. I willed this job into existence. Like I really fucking did. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. because as I've said many times in the past, once I saw that glimmer of the door opening and just, just a little, a little bit, bit of light, light, I fucking booted it off of its hinges. Yeah. You know, that's I was like, there's no like way no one. Sh- yeah, no that's, one's shutting this door on me. That was the whole thing of like, I could have gone to that newspaper and never written a thing about gaming. That wasn't in the description. Right. But I made sure they knew that's what I wanted to do and never let them forget it when we'd have a meeting about their magazine and their blogs and stuff. till they finally were like, fine, fucking take one. Have it shut up. And I'll never forget that day when I was like, this is my job now. My job is not the general assignment part. It is game over. It is this blog. It is this column. And nobody else knows that. Nobody else needs to know that. But this is what it's going to be. Yeah. It's the same way I felt. And so I, I owe a great debt of gratitude to all of those along the way. Yeah. And I really do think it's it's Jeremy, uh, Tal, and Pear, obviously. Yeah. And, uh, and, a and great that's grat- like so many gratitude. people I want to give shout outs to. You're giving them to. Obviously, Tal, Pear. No, I mean, we're, we're in the no, same I mean, boat No, I mean, please. I mean, I just want to make sure that I really, I started as a... Game facts writer. Yeah, I became a guides freelancer, which is really the lowest rung on the freelance chain. I then was an intern. Then I like became an, a freelancer all over the site. Then I became an associate editor. They, then I became an editor. Then I became the senior editor. Yeah, I did all of that, and I'm super proud of that. I really did start from fucking the embryonic state of anything you can possibly be in this industry, and grew to the senior most position on on the on the core editorial staff at IGN um, in a matter of a decade. And I am utterly fucking proud of that and i will always look back at that experience with a lot of thankfulness that those those opportunities were given to me yeah. that the people there were patient with me and that 
uh, I think I put out some really good work there too. Um, but it was only possible through a significant, uh, uh, how do I want to put this? A significant, uh, group of people that all decided that I was worth that. And, uh, and so I am very thankful for, for those people and always will be because there is no bad blood between me and IGN at all. And you and IGN at all, we would be nothing and would be nowhere without the, what those people did for us. No, I mean, that's Um, the big thing. And I will never forget that. I remember when, uh, you know, we were, uh, in, yeah, even when we were there, obviously. And, and now if we had been there, you look at somebody like Damon or whatever, that people would always ask me at events or stuff like, oh man, you just lost so-and-so and and this person just left and da da da. How have you been there so long? Why are you there so long? Why you know? And this is when I'd been there eight years. Obviously, I left just uh, right before eight years, right? Yeah. And uh, my whole thing was always that I always gave IGN so much credit for how they treated me, and and I'm sure you do for how they treated you, and the fact that I never got bored. I never felt like I. I guess at the very end, I feel like I run into a ceiling. Right. All right. Cool. I'm the host of IGN. I'm the face of IGN in some respect. Like, what? There's no. There's no next level to that. What does it, you know what I mean? Like, what is, where do I go? How does that grow and evolve? But growing from those early days of being the youngest kid in the PlayStation team to being, you know, we bring in Clements and suddenly I'm mentoring him and stuff. Uh, I start, you know, Hillary season in me to let me run the PlayStation team after a round of layoffs. Uh, you, you go through this thing, you, you jump to where, you know, I go into this meeting about this. They want to do original programming, whatever, for a new YouTube channel. And Nick pitches this thing and turns to me and says he wants me to host it, which would become up at noon. Like, there's so many people. And then not only that, though, right? The fact that Casey Lynch at the time was fine with letting me go do that. You know, I mean, shout out to Casey Lynch for saying that. Uh, the switch over, you know, even and that was still when I was splitting time between editorial and video. Uh, Steve Butts is then comes in as uh, not you know, before he was editor in chief, but when he's managing the editor and is fine with eventually me making that whole switch over. Fran being my boss being okay with me doing youtube stuff to some extent like you know what i mean like there's all these people that have been instrumental in both of our lives and our careers that are at ign that they the reason we stayed around so long the reason i stayed around so long was that they let me chase my passions they let me grow they let they listened to me when i said i need this they were like okay you've clearly justified that or in the early days no, you're not ready for that. Here's what you need to do to make that happen. Yeah. Like there was always a roadmap there. Yeah, absolutely. I think that there were frustrations and and roadblocks along the way, but whenever I was truly unhappy, whenever I wanted it to affect change, or they 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 did it. And yeah. and and I, and and you know, when I was like I want a promotion and I want a raise, I got exactly what I asked for. Yeah. Um and it's because I earned that, but it's also because they're good to the people that are good to them. Yeah. And uh I was as loyal as possibly as I possibly could have been, and I will always have <clears throat> a sense of loyalty to them. It's like it's like the way I feel Johnny Damon probably feels about the Red Sox. He might have left and done his own thing, and went to the Yankees, and did other started things. But but right, been yeah, exactly. But he'll always be a Red Sox to like a lot of people, and like Wade and Boggs. You know, like Wade Boggs, who's also a Yankee. But but. It's a similar kind of feeling where I'm like, you know, uh, or like Brett Favre when he went to the Vikings. Sure, sure. It's he's like still Green Bay. Yeah, he's he's a Packer, and and. I will always be an IGNer. There are there are going to be very few people that go through those doors. In the, it, it was true in the past. It was true before we got there. It was true while we were there, and it's true now that we'll have ever been there as long as we were. Like it's it's just not going to happen. I mean, we've already seen, people have come and gone that I didn't even know. Yeah. Meanwhile, like when we were there, no one left for many years. Yeah. Like there were yeah. the same fucking people there until suddenly 2012, 2013, everyone started leaving. Yeah. But uh, so I'm thankful for that, and I'm thankful for you in this regard as well because. Well, I'm thankful for you in many regards, but in terms of the professional kind of thing, you helped shepherd me along with Chris Roper, who I'm thankful for as well to 
identify something I think extra in me that people like Hillary and Nate had identified. I did TRL for a long time and other things, and, and those podcasts were funny as hell. And I've, I've always meant to like go back and listen to them because they're ridiculous. Cobra, yeah. Commander. <laughs> <laughs> those, those, because those, those, those podcasts are very silly. But um, you know, it was our unique partnership that allowed me to uh, forge ahead and kind of find my own path away from those things that I wanted to get away from, which yeah. was technical writing. Cause I just don't, I don't like technical writing anymore. I just, I, I, I hit a wall. I did so much of it. I did more of, the, oh, more of it than anyone should ever do. Um, and so I am thankful for that as well, because you allowed, you freed me up to do these other things. And then kind of, you know, when you moved over to video, I mean, I basically took everything over. And so, and I was, it's funny because it, it's like, I was the, the uh, I'm like the last person that really have the heritage of IGN PlayStation like that doesn't really exist anymore. And and uh, I'm super proud of what we did to those sites, those yeah. channels, those channels fucking dominated IGN. And uh, not only from a, a mind share perspective, but from a traffic perspective at a time when Xbox 360 was way more popular than PS3. And I've, I'm always t- taking a lot of pride in that and, and, and just how the internal competition between the channels, how we just won. Well, and was, and I and, I, and, I, and I'm and I'm, I, I'm I am very proud of that. Greg. That was such a holdover from where we started. You know what I mean? And that's hard, I think, to imagine. But a decade ago, it was that. Whenever it's friendly, but there was IG Nintendo and IG and PlayStation, IG and 360 or Xbox. And I remember, you know, Doug Perry was running Xbox when I got there, and Dunham running, you know, and Casimino running Nintendo. And I remember getting there, and like it was a deal. Every Dunham wanted to do better. You know what I mean? Than every other channel. And so I think he made us all work harder when it was me, Jeff Roper, and it, he got into your head like you need an exclusive uh, multiple. Like I remember my first employer review, like my fir- week two, it was like or after GDC because it was I started on a Thursday, had Friday, then it was GDC the next week, and then it was a, a regular work week, and that sec- that real work week was, all right, cool, I want you to get an exclusive this week. It can be anything. It can be screenshots, it can be a video, whatever you can go do, right? And I remember thinking it'd be so hard, and then like you just went through PR people, and like, hey, IGN wants an exclusive on this PSP game. They're like, oh yeah, sure. Here's 30 screenshots. They're like, oh fuck, this is awesome. Yeah, it wasn't, But it, it was wasn't that thing of motivation that is, you know, uh, Dunham leaves that position. Roper moves up. I move up a little bit. Jeff and I move up, I should say. Clements comes on. You know what I mean? Jeff's leaves. You come over. Like it was that we all kept that narrative and that thread, and that's who we were. And then yeah, like by the time you get to the point where you're IG and PlayStation, when we had just people, and you had McCaffrey running Xbox, not that. McCaffrey was a god damn it McCaffrey works really fucking he was hard. our staunchest competition exactly but it was that thing too it was just like nobody had that mentality yeah. anymore we still had that mentality because that's how we were brought up but really what with it it, it went uh, yeah Hillary when he went to EIC Brudvig moved up and then when Brudvig left even then I we weren't that they weren't competing. The no, way they were, we were trying competing. to wean. They were trying to wean us off that and, and I think that there was a lot of patience with the leadership uh, right up to the, the time we left in which they really wanted me specifically, I think, to let go a little bit more. And I'm like, I just can't. Like, I just can't let this go. Like, it's, it's, we, this is, this part of the site, I'm not saying the rest of the site's bad because it's great, but the, yeah. this part of the site's fucking great. And, yeah. and just, just let me review these. Like, I wanted, I wanted people to be able to come to IGN PlayStation, especially when you left it and been like, nothing has changed. And in fact, like, this is the go to place for everything, for everything niche, everything AAA, everything Vita. Yeah. Um, and, it's I'm sure not like that anymore because we're not there anymore. So we don't champion those things anymore. And I'm not enti- I'm, that's not an insult because I'm not entirely sure the readers would even really necessarily know that. Yeah, but I knew it. And it was it was hard. Like I refreshed the pages every day. I, I, I did as much as I could. And I was super proud of that. Um, but at the same time, I, uh, what I've taken pride in the most and, and I think you did too and I think that it was one of the things that it, it might be lost on people is I take a lot of pride in championing games that no one was talking about or that that 
um, that I was like, you know, you should pay extra attention to this game. This game really is good. Trust me. And we really were responsible for Nino Cooney being as big as it was. We really were responsible for Catherine being as big as it was. We really were responsible for the drink box games being as big as they were. We really were as responsible for Dragon's Crown, all these things. I'm not saying people weren't playing them. I'm not saying those games wouldn't have sold well. I'm saying we were the biggest video game website in the world championing these games and it mattered. Yeah. And I was so proud of that because I was like, you would have never, you know, yeah, the guys on NeoGAF might have known about it. The guys uh, at Reddit might have known about it. But the dude that reads IGN three times a month that buys five games a year, never fucking knew about Nino Cooney. And when he came to IGN and saw it on the front page, which was a big deal for us to get it there because of all the other things that would have done more traffic, um, they paid attention and they went out and bought that. And I am super fucking proud of that. I always wanted to do that. I was always like, we already know you care about The Last of Us. I care about it too. That's easy, but let's do this. Let's do something that's hard. And I'll tell you what, that Nino Cooney review, for instance, was one of the most traffic reviews I ever wrote. And I wrote some reviews for some fucking big ass games, Amy. Uh, including the, the the cult hit Amy. So I was super responsible. For, or, or, I'm sorry. I was super proud of that and took that responsibility very seriously because I never wanted to steer anyone down the wrong yeah. path. And I know that some people feel like I did at times. Um but that was never intentional. And I am so thankful for IGN and for Pear and Tao and Steve and Casey and whoever at the time let me just go and let me do those kinds of things. These were the people that let me, when I went up to them and been like, I want to spend a week down in, at Naughty Dog and talk to them about it. And I wrote the history of Naughty Dog, which is a piece people still love to this day. That piece lost IGN money. Yep. Like a lot of it. That probably. was an inverse. Yeah, yeah. In terms of it would have been way more important or way more profitable for you to sit at here and make the podcast make let's plays make news stories and all of that would have done more money in terms of right. anything else the senior editor of the site who was who was better paid than all the other editors on your and your core on your core team of your associates and your editors leaving for a week to go to Santa Monica you got to pay them uh, to, you got to pay me to go back and forth you're paying for all my food you're paying for my hotel my lodging and then you paid me for a week a couple weeks while I put it all together and stuff like that and we put it up and it was awesome but they didn't make money on that yeah. they didn't have to let me do that and that was like what was so cool and I'm proud of that because it's one of the most the best things I've ever written um, but it was their intuitive nature that that made me happy that that gave them a little bit of prestige and it gave us a little bit of bump with the, our core readers. They knew what it was all about. Right. And and uh, that takes an intelligence and a smartness and an intuitiveness that you can't understate. The people that go through that site at the leadership position are all uniformly smart. And um, that's really fucking cool to, to you know, I, I never look back at that experience and been like, man, there was sheer incompetence or man, there was, you know, a lack of intelligence. Like, no, it was intelligent and, and thoughtful and uh, and it, um, deliberate. All the way through. Yeah. Uh, you threw me in there, so I'll throw you in here. You're going to be my last one. But yeah, shout out to you, of course. My career wouldn't be the same without you. Uh, I think that, like you're saying, I think you and me were cut, were cut from the same cloth and understood the PlayStation team and had that same mentality. So when we finally were able to be paired up and actually go out and make content that way, whether it, when it starts as just being a written thing, when it is beyond, obviously it leads to all this, but it's that thing of... You know, when I got sick with cancer, obviously you picked up all the work you, you needed to, shouldered that load. And then, yeah, the fact that you and I, we always talk about being yin and yang and, you know, light and dark with the same coin. And this is the truth. And the fact that we complement each other so well, I think, in terms of everything we do, where you are that you can pull any fucking fact you've ever heard before, right? And I can carry a conversation at any point and I can keep, I can be the positive energy. You can be, if we play it up that you're the curmudgeon or whatever, but you can be just calling about it and not have to worry. Now, granted, if I step out and you have to do something else or host on your own, you can do it too. But that's just what I excel at or whatever in terms of that. And then it's back to the fact of, 
the way we work with people, the way we have relationships with companies, the way we interact with PR and stuff, like we're just a good fit. And it's always been that way. But it's the fact that I, I mean, not to even say here, I wouldn't be nearly as successful in this decade that I've been if it wasn't for you. Cause you, when we got together, it was that perfect team. I felt. Yeah, it was great. It was, yeah. it was, it was a marriage made in heaven and a, a professional marriage made in heaven and a personal marriage made in heaven. And I think that that's, that's the thing that's lost on people. I think that there are times where you and I get tired of each other. I think there are times when, um, we're sick of hearing the same things out of each other or the same, you know, but that's, that's just the nature of the beast. And I feel like, you know, a show that I take, uh, that I really love is part of the interruption, which sure. we, we re- reference a lot, um, with Mike Wilbon and Tony Kornheiser. These guys have been working together for a very long time. Um, and you can tell that they're buddies. They talk about how oh, I texted you during the game last night or they, the, the rapport is not quite the same when one of them is on, on assignment somewhere. Yeah. Um, that even though they probably have their quarrels or their their, uh, their they need breaks or whatever, but that, that they are the best when they're together. Yeah. And uh, and I think that that's you know a great compliment when people talk about you know the class they're the classic episodes of the Golden Era or whatever a podcast beyond like that's our show and um, I'm so glad that people still listen to it. I hope it's bigger and better than ever. But I take a lot of pride in those episodes that we put out and uh, and again we owe a great deal to people for letting us do that. There was no intuitive. It wasn't intuitive to be like, take time and do this show that doesn't make any money. In fact, it's another thing like the History of Naughty Dog where you lose money on it. There were so many conversations at IGN about maybe we should stop doing podcasts. Maybe podcasts shouldn't exist anymore because, especially when we started talking about uh, you know, man hours that are put into a product and wh- that applies to the Naughty Dog thing as well as anything else, right? If you have an hour to spend, what can you spend it on that does the most for the thing, the community? When you start, or you know, the, I want to say customer, I guess reader would be the best way to put it at the time. And so that was the same thing with podcasts where it was, all right, this is great. And some people took to it so well. And I'm, I'm, you, you dial it back a decade, right? And before you got there, like starting beyond and, and when three red lights started and, uh, every, like, cause forever it was just GameScoop and it was just Damon and the news team pulling people in and doing, uh, you know, GameScoop and all these different podcasts. And I think what they had 25 or 30 episodes on everybody before Dunham, when he uh, ascended to be in charge of editorial was like, Every team's gonna have a podcast now, and I remember I thought it was the dumbest idea in the world because now, granted, I was a regular on Game Scoop, so I was like, whatever. But it was that thing of no disrespect. Like Craig's a great example. Craig Harris, right, had been been at IGN forever, was on the Nintendo team, and I always talk about when I came in uh, and when you come in too. Obviously, we were we were the kids who had been raised on IGN, and we wanted to do this our whole lives, and had some you know we loved in the site. And I always talk about we came in, and the reason I think we were able to be so successful, you, me, Damon, anybody who came in at that class and wanted it like we wanted it, right, was the reason that the old guard was starting to burn out. Like Craig, I remember was always like, I don't want to be on video. Like I write, I review DS games. What I forget what it was. I remember celebrating Craig's one thousandth review. You know what I mean? Like that's what he did. That's what he loved. That's what he excelled at. Awesome. And so when it was like. We're gonna do all this stuff. There was a big backlash of people who were just like, "I don't want to go talk in the room," and like, because they're this isn't easy. I know it seems easy, but it's like, not easy at all. Is anybody who knows it should sound dead that you have oh, to work through all these different so things? Fucking so like, annoying, dude. I, you're right, Greg. Like, just didn't, sorry to interrupt, but it's just no. The, you're right. Like, that's the thing that really that that really does grind my gears sometimes when it's like, all you guys do is talk about video games. All you guys do is this. I'm like, why don't you come here and sit in this chair? We'll see how well you do. Yeah. You know, like that, like people beat you up for your mistakes or, or whatever. I'm like, I talk into a microphone hey, for yeah, 10 hours. Yeah. 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 Like I would love to just take some of these random ass internet assholes and just be like, plop them in these seats and be like, go ahead. Yeah. Let's see how good you are. And that was the thing of people who don't want to do it. And then you get that feedback, right? Because people are consuming this as a product from IGN, the you know gold standard for video games and stuff. And so 
when it remember when like Clements came on the show for the first time, like right, and he said like every other word, um and like, and like people eviscerated him. He's like, I don't really want to do this. It's like, no, we got to, and you, but you got to learn, you got to get better, and like kids today. These kids trying to do what we do, you know what I mean? Uh, you're like your Trevor Starkey's, your Alex O'Neill's, or whoever, who make all this content on their own. Whenever they get that shot and they're finally in these chairs, they're going to be great because they got to work out all the kinks. And that's why I always say do it, do it, do it. Do everything right now, right? Because you work out all the kinks on your own shows, your friends' shows, all these different things. But when we did it, like, you know, my I had done, like, two or three podcasts, like, appearances in Missouri on a friend's podcast, Sarcastic Gamer. Shout out to them, uh, Matt and Todd. And, uh... Yeah, when I got to, I was fucking awful on my first Game Scoop and AFK and everything else, like all these things. It was just terrible, terrible, terrible. But it was the time that nobody else wanted to bat, so you kept getting swings. You know, I could go out there, you know, take take your swing, whatever. You know what I mean? Like you weren't great last time, but you maybe can be better now. Yeah, I, I, I it's funny because I was thinking about this particular thing a few days ago, not too long ago at all, where. They, the old adage that you need to do something for 10,000 hours to become a master at it. Yeah. And I'm like, well, we've done this many times over, I think, actually, when you really think about all of the videos, all of the production, all of the podcasts, the various podcasts. I used to be on TRL. I'd, we did a music podcast for a while. I did Washington's Beer. When you take all of those kinds of things, combine them together, like we are well past the mastering phase of this particular art. And people can criticize it and, and say whatever they want, and that's totally fine. But I personally am proud of, of how far I've come, like you are, with these particular things. And, you know, one of the things that really bothered me was, or one of the things that, that, that got to me was when people bust your balls about some of the things you say, or like where, you know, you know what I mean and all these kinds of things, whatever. And I I like to bust your balls about that once in a while, but I don't really notice it. And I, when I listen to myself, especially when I'm getting passionate or talking fast, I say like, and, and you know, a lot. Um, and people, people beat you up for that. And I'm like, again, I'll sit you in this chair for five hours and I will eviscerate you when you're done because I will pick out all the shit that you don't know you do. Yeah. Um, and so just as an aside, a sidebar, be a little kinder maybe to the people that are doing this kind of content because you really don't know how hard it is. And, uh, I'm not saying we're splitting the fucking atom and I'm not saying that we're doing important work, but we are working. And uh, it's harder than it looks. So yeah, yeah. So be a little kinder if someone makes a mistake out there, says a lot of things, or has a factual error or whatever, because we're pulling all this shit out of our heads, and there are going to be mistakes made. Plenty. Even even on even on uh, on uh, uh, telecasts on NBC or oh, eight, sure, you know, yeah, yeah. Um, newspapers make mistakes every day. They have an entire section, as you know, dedicated to them. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah. So shout out from that era of our life on the editorial side, shout out to all of those different people that helped us along the way and allowed us to, to grow and say what we needed to say and do what we needed to do and to evangelize those games that were great and evangelize the products we believed in and do things like trophy, uh, trophy, uh, tr- trophy, trophy wars, trophy, trophy wars, wars and, Eric show, yeah, yeah. and, uh, <laughs> PlayStation conversation, which was an idea I came up with just yeah. a random thing. Like what if Greg and I just talked once a day on shout video, out, shout out to uh, Damon, who was the guy who mm-hmm. originally filmed all that. And yep. did it. I remember, I'll never. I don't think he'll mind me telling this story. I remember you and I were. We recorded one every day. We must have done. I assume we done a couple hundred of them. Maybe you did. No way. Really? What, like we stopped we, doing it at some point daily. I thought early, like in the thirties. Oh no. No. Did we go for a long? I mean, I, maybe not a couple hundred, but I. I mean, I did a lot of them. Maybe without you. No. Well, I mean, like I did them with Goldfarb, and I did them with other people. But yeah, me too. But okay, okay. Well, let's say we did fifty of them or a sure. hundred of them. The one that stands out to me is we were in the kitchen, on the third floor. And okay. we were talking about something and we were in that little coffee nook Yeah. and Damon was like losing his patience because we kept having to move around because there's people being the people in the conference room, people yeah. being annoying. And then some guy just walks up and starts making coffee in the middle of the shot. And Damon just literally <laughs> just takes his camera and walks away. doesn't even say anything. And I'm like, 
fucking classic. I remember. I think we were. I, I want to feel. Like, I feel like we're talking about God of War Ascension or something. Yeah. And uh, I like those little, those little random memories I have of of the grind of uh, of doing those kinds of things. I remember when I did my video about Mass Effect Three, which is a notorious video uh, on the internet, that we originally looked at it and it was way longer and had way more context. Yeah. Um, the Mass Effect Three video, people don't know, you can go look it up. It was, about, it was my rant about the endings, calling everyone babies, and you know, doing what I do, but you know, a little less mature than I would have liked. You can see my conversation with Jim Sterling about that video on. On youtube.com slash kind of funny games, but I remember looking at the original cut that Damon did and I was like, and I liked it a lot. It had context, it explained everything, there was no jump cuts and everyone was too long or whatever. Not, and then we cut it all up and it became what it became. Yeah, yeah. Then we put it out and I'm like, that was a fucking huge mistake. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so the PlayStation <laughs> conversation I think of all the time because it was like, not, I don't know, now I, th- I mean, even at the time, there was such a difference for me performing doing GameScoop versus Beyond, right? And like in the early days of Beyond, it was similar. But even with Game Scoop, I was with Damon, so we and it was just us, and it was Hillary or whoever. And it's just trying to make each other laugh and be a fucking bunch of idiots. And I'm using like the fan, like I'm at the airport, and all these dumb things, right? And then Beyond was more like I'm with my boss, I want to be this. And then like and even when Roper took over, it was like all right, cool. And we we're still crazy and obnoxious and weird. But then when I took it over and started hosting it, then I needed to be the serious guy and keep that show on task and stuff. The PlayStation conversation I always go back to was the one where I went and played Last of Us. And I came back to tell you about it, but they didn't give us B-roll, remember? You re- re- <laughs> We're in the middle of it, and I'm like, here, let me just reenact it. I took your hand, and I slammed it down as Joel would, and then I acted like I stabbed myself. And I was like, Rawr! doing this thing, like I was bleeding out the neck or whatever. And like, it was, it remind, I loved it so much, and it reminded me so much of an old Dave Clayman story of when I think it was, you'll, you probably have more context because it was before my time, but when they went and saw, I want to say, Ninja Gaiden on Xbox, and the same thing that happened where they're like, we're not going to give you footage. So they came back, and they bought Day of a Ninja Suit, and he enacted it, and they put it up, and 15 minutes later footage came they're like please put up a different preview <laughs> don't make it like that there's no reason for you to do that please stop what you're doing at least he, they, they twisted tecmo koei's arm or yeah. koei tecmo at the time yeah um but that was back in the day yeah. man of like anything went there at IGN. i mean shout out to dave claimant for sure shout mm-hmm. out to ty root for walking around filming us doing dumb stuff all the time yeah remember the first video i was ever on was uh the 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 first person shooter sh- uh, video from 2007 with uh um they would go around with the Nerf gun. Oh, the Nerf, the Nerf Wars. And they, Nerf and yeah, and they nailed me in the yeah. balls yeah, 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 yeah. and ruined my Final Fantasy Tactics poster, which I was pretty pissed about. But yeah, uh, yeah it, was a, it was a good time. It was a great place to work. I'm sure it still is a great place to work, a great place to at least get started for people and and make a name for yourself. And uh, I'm super thankful for that experience and 100%. the people that I met there. And I was I was reflecting recently about just some of the people that I was so close with that I've, I've lost touch with that I still have a great affection for. I don't know why I don't really talk to them anymore. Uh, Ryan Geddes, uh, Clayman mm-hmm. uh, and Brudvig, we, we mentioned them. Uh, some of the guys I still see tangentially, but not very often. Charles, sure. uh, uh, Sin, uh, Ty, uh, Baradon, I'll see them for the Super Bowl. But um, yeah, it's it's one of those things where I, I think it's uh, it was a blessing. I, I've said it many times. I'm 32 years old now. There's no better time to or no better place and, and uh, to have spent my 20s than at IGN. Sure. I mean, what an amazing reflection when i'm 50 or 60 if i make it that long i don't die of a fucking heart attack first uh to be like wow we'll see yeah we'll see how it all how it all shakes out but uh (laughs) but what a what an amazing you know people really people really work shitty jobs and work extremely hard and i worked hard 
I worked very hard. Yeah. But they work extremely hard physically. They work physically demanding, mentally very demanding jobs, very exhausting jobs, emotionally taxing. They have to go home and deal with shit they don't want to. They, they, they can barely rub two pennies together. They had, they're they living paycheck to paycheck. I never had that experience. I mean, I, I had the paycheck to paycheck experience a little for a little while until I was smart yeah. about my money. But So I never that was never lost on me either, that I had uh, a series of, of advantages that, frankly, I made for myself. But nonetheless, they were advantages, and, yeah. and uh, I took advantage of them. We haven't given an official shout-out to Ryan Clements. Ryan of course. Clements, of course. Of course. What a, and and Goldfarb as well. Of course. Dark Knight of News. Yeah, of course. I'll never forget when Clements came, and he was just so fucking nice. And goddamn, did I hate him. And I always thought, I always told the story before, but I mean, like, it was so, and it was, I think, more in the beginning, early days when I was there, and we still were like a click. IG was a click, you know what I mean? But man, I always talk about, we were a group of cats, and every new cat that came in, you mm. hissed at, and you hated for a while, and then one day, it's just a light switch yep. happened, you're like, all right, you're family now, you're cool, don't worry about it, we're all we're all totally fine. Yeah, it is, it's fun. It's funny, I, I don't, I, I mean, I can say that it wasn't like that when we left, uh, but it was also because there was so much turnover compared, like, it was really like, uh, 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 you know, a pack of dogs or whatever, and you know, you you don't. The, who's this new dog? That's like trying to this this established family. Yeah, it's yeah, a yeah. little skeptical, and some people didn't make it. You know, like there were some people that came and went very quickly. Sure, uh, yeah, yeah. but but you know, most people came in and in, in there and went through the meat grinder a little bit. And by then, the end, of, and I think we were in a very special place because all the names you mentioned, you know, Baradon and Brodvik and all these different people, like. There was an injection of new blood there where even if, like, you know, I mean, like, you know, I think it was, what, uh, Craig and uh, Nick and uh, Charles, like, they had beaten me there by, like, a year, you know what I mean, of establishing themselves. But we were all still young enough that we were going out all the time and doing all these different things. And so that was always my thing when we got to art end at IGN where it was, like, I definitely didn't feel that way with the, the our group anymore. It, it, like, but it, what, I felt that way with you and the people who had left, and I would still go, you know, go out or whatever, do it. But, like, the new people coming in, like, we're leaving at what? I, I was 31, 30 when we're leaving. And it's like, you bring in a 22, 24 year old. It's like, yeah, they don't want they, to do they, yeah they're doing whatever they want to go do. Like, I'm not going to go, like, hey, what's going on, Brian and Leah? <laughs> Let's go out and do things. Yeah, it would have been heartbreaking if I had left when we were still that big family that we were familiar with. And right. my, my only sadness came when I left came from leaving the people behind. And I wrote a huge, long email to, you know, a handful of the leadership there, just thanking them for all the experience. I was really sad leaving them and didn't want them to think that, yeah. you know, I was forgetting what they did for me. Sure. Um, I wrote a company wide email. that said, get fucked. And, yeah. send. <laughs> and I, and I, and I, I, so my, my, I didn't leave, you know, apart from the people that got the email and a few other people that I individually talked to, I'm like, I don't really know anyone here anymore sure. even. And, and, and so that, that made it a little bit easier to leave. It was hard to let go. It really was like, it was hard to see my IGN email address turned off. Yeah. It was yeah, hard yeah, to, I had that email address since 2004. It was hard to see, um, to get my key card taken away, yeah. to get my laptop taken away. Like yeah, yeah. I, all these normal things, but it wasn't a normal job. But that, exactly. That was home. That yeah. was, you know what I mean? That was your second home. And then for some, I mean, for me, a lot of times, my first in terms of just how much time I spent there. But like, I think it was that we had, Quietly, without us really noticing, the people that had made it a home, and this isn't a knock against anybody there, had been peeled away. Where it was like, we're talking about there's so much turnover and you get to the end and it's like, especially with you and me leaving and Nick and Tim leaving with us and stuff, we weren't saying goodbye to these people. Because I, I remember for me, it was the... the I, I remember leaving on my final day at IGN, and it was because me and Nick worked through the Christmas break or whatever, so we didn't have to take any of our, burn any of our vacation days. And then when we finally left, and I had like put stuff in Nick's trunk, and we got in the car, and we pulled, and just as we pulled out and left, he was like, you doing okay? And I was like, yeah. And like one, you know, like the one-man tier, which was like hard, hard to believe for me, right? But the difference being that when that 
final giant round of layoffs had come through and like right after the PlayStation 4 event mm. and Clements went and then that day Charles quit. Charles grabbed me and pulled me into a room and he's like, "Hey dude, like I just wanted you to know I'm le-. and I I was like, "No." And I just like wept. And it cuz it wasn't Charles, it was Charles and Clements and the not knowing it but like the fact that it was over now. You know what I mean? It was no longer what it was. Not that again, I'm knocking what it was. It it evolved into something else. Yeah, they, so- people there have their own thing now. At some point we grew up and became adults there, and so like it was like when we got there, got what a what a not adult workplace we. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was like, outrageous. I, it was it was out. It was complete. It got less outrageous the more time went on. Exactly, it was completely. Because that was the thing. A, a real adult started showing up, and it was like, well, we can't say that. We can't do that. Oh my god! It was, blah, inc- blah, blah, blah. It was incredibly outrageous. Yeah, like we just did audacious, this stupidest you know? shit. Like fucking people. It was awesome. Stealing kegs from parties and fucking walk security cam footage. I'm like, we can't do this. <laughs> you can't do this. There are so many stories that like you I, can never no. tell. Yeah. Um, I, I want to segue to to yeah, you know, get so, outside of IGN. I yeah. want to segue to, to you know we were talking about PR and I want to segue to, to PR for for people that don't know PR public relations yeah. is the the we we Greg and I are very well connected in the industry so we don't we know lots of developers and lots of publishers and lots of people at all these companies we can go to, but. To do it the right way, you go through PR. So if we need uh, a game or we need access or we have a question, we, we email somebody correctly on a show. We go to PR. We could email Shuhei Yoshida directly, but they don't like that very no. much. They, uh, they get real mad. Yeah, they actually get incredibly mad when you do that. Uh, so the PR people are the gatekeepers, and yeah. and each company has uh, a series of them. So, Sony has a dozen of them or so, but smaller companies like team, yeah. uh, like Deep Silver, for instance, it's you know Will Powers is the guy uh, that you'd really go to, and he has some some third party PR people that help him more. He's got another guy uh, too now, doesn't he? I thought not I that I, I ever can picture his face. He was at GameStop Expo. I thought. <laughs> I don't know. Can't I remember. can't even remember what Sorry. I did last night. Shout out to you, though. Uh, yeah, so remember. the point I'm making here is that there's a there's a group of people that kind of the un, I want to say unsung heroes. Their jobs are very glamorous and probably sure. super stressful, especially when they're not working on games. These people aren't stupid. They they know when their games suck and they know when you know like when a, you know. But I've had, with rare exception, and none of the people I'm going to talk about today, uh, great experiences with the professionals in this industry that have given us access and given us thousand games and have given us all these things that we've asked for and have always really appreciated the work that they've done and so i want to give specific shout outs and i'm sure you mimic this yeah yeah, yeah, yeah totally i don't steal my uh games. well i mean sony yeah uh, i mean I, that's my thing is when i think of my decade and i get outside of ign i uh, immediately think of jen clark and Alyssa Sella from playstation mm-hmm. and the and now of course i know that, like the internet and the hate and whatever you want to do i'm not saying Anything about like here's the, the why they get a shout out right is that they've been there since my day one and not only have they been there since my day one they've treated me the same the entire way through with nothing but respect and when I've I, early on prove myself I know what I'm talking about so that when they are mad <laughs> that I emailed Shuhei yeah. or that yeah and this is what we always talk about right like there I've ne- they've never looked at a review I've done and I'm talking about Lair I'm talking about uh, the PlayStation 4 Pro I'm uh, not even a review but you know when I have an unpopular opinion I'm not penalized for it I'm not there they don't not send me no, stuff No they've never and, docked us ever Exactly and it's and it that'd be a real easy move to do and I remember remember um I remember specifically in my early days when Kotaku did something I forgot, and then "quote unquote" got blackballed by Sony. Oh, they 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 leaked PlayStation Home, and then yes, and that's it. And then they came into a meeting, and, and Phil gave them brass ball. Phil Harrison mm-hmm. gave them brass balls or something, right? And I was like, oh fuck, that's the kind of like thing that happens here, and it never ever happened to me. And I and early and like when we were getting ready to jump for kind of funny, I remember having that that moment of like 
well, here we go. And I don't mean I don't mean PlayStation or Gen or Alyssa. I mean, here we go industry-wide. Did we get treated well because we were IGN or did we get treated well because we were respected and people knew they could trust us? And we and, found the answer real quick. And exactly. And that's been the thing. But like for Jen and Alyssa, like, I, I just did, uh, as of the recording of this yesterday, I was down in LA for Horizon, right? And there's Alyssa. And I'm like, oh, hey. And like it was that thing where we ran into each other at the coffee shop across the street when she came in with all of Gorilla Games, right? And so immediately Herman, shout out to Herman, grabbed me and we started talking off in a corner or whatever. And like 98% of it was like, oh, yeah, what's going on with your son? Da, da, da. You know what I mean? Like bullshitting around about our lives or whatever. But again, Alyssa didn't come over and freak out and pull him away or anything. You know what I mean? Like they know that even if Herman was going to be like, yeah, man, pfft, we canceled Horizon. <laughs> I wasn't going to like leak that or go right. throw that out. Like I understand right. the relationship and how this works. And they knew that. I mean, with Sony First Party, they know. We know a, ton, we know a ton of shit, right? Like uh, and, and like we really don't leak it. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, uh, I think they know that by now. Yeah, right. and well, and uh, was, because we've also told them when we go out to dinner, when yeah. we once all we go out to dinner, I'm like, by the way, we knew about this, 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 and this. So that was that. I, I I will leave all the names redacted from this story. But we went out to dinner with some people when we met them for the first time or whatever, and I'll never forget that where they kept trying to be guarded, they kept trying to be guarded, and finally I turned to the one guy and I'm like, uh, God of War Ascension is the next God of War game is multiplayer. There's all these different factions. Uh, that game you guys keep teasing is The Last of Us. It's by Naughty Dog, and I just went down a list of two or three other things, and they, he just looked at me like. Wow, they really do tell you everything, and we are fine, and it's never been an issue since. No, I, I, I you know, I got to give a shout out to Jen and Alyssa as well. When I took over IGN PlayStation, they dealt with a different person than Greg, uh, a person who uh, was less reserved, and uh, Greg's way more. Uh, I think I think it's fair to say way more metered uh, than I am. Mm. Um, the thing that bothers me, uh, one of the things that bothers me when people reflect on what we do is like a oh, PlayStation fanboy is like, you're a fucking idiot if you think that. Sony certainly doesn't think that of us. And <laughs> and uh, there is, and I will stand by this till the fucking day I die, there is not one PlayStation-centric anything that is as hard in that company as we are, period. End of story. And anyone who's listened to us for a long time knows that, and Sony sure as hell knows that as well. And the thing that I appreciate so much about them, about Alyssa, about Jen, about Jen Dean, uh, who's I mean, one of my favorites. I, 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 she's always treating me with respect. She's always, yeah. no matter how, what I've said, I've, I've hated some games she's worked on. I've, I've uh, talked a lot of shit about a lot of games, a lot of hardware. They've always treated me with respect. Yep. They've always treated me very nicely. Um, Brian Keltner is another name that Keltner, Keltner is Keltner great. Is another guy who's like there from the beginning with me in terms of, and he actually went to Capcom and then came back. The PlayStation, but I'll never ever forget because the old IGN thing would be like you know we all, especially from the early early days was we wanted exclusives right and after <laughs> I kind of fucked Lair we got the exclusive and I hated the game and we put it up Sony again wasn't mad at us and maybe they were to Dunham I don't know but because it, it was like my first main review but then the conversation was kind of like we still want to work with you guys for exclusive reviews but. Can we only do it if you like the game? And not that you're going to give it a 10, not a score-based thing, but if you're going to shit on it like you just did Lair, can you just go to Embargo or whatever, if that's going to be it? And so there, I'll never forget hitting up Keltner when I was, I played uh, Secret Agent Clank. And I was like, hey, dude, don't like it. Not going to pursue it. And he's like, oh, shit, really? I'm like, yeah. This is paraphrasing emails. And he was just like, all right, thanks for letting me know. And it wasn't like, right. let me get you on the phone with the developers, and they're going to talk you down and tell you why. And like, yeah, no, never. no, okay, that never, cool. ha that never yeah. happens. And that's that's the thing. I can't speak for everyone's experience with Sony or with everyone else, but I know that having reviewed many of this company's products, having sent, a, and they'll tell you a thousand fucking emails to them, having uh, nice having interact. I mean, yeah, hope hope you're well. Take care. I mean, I always send my. They make fun of me over at Sony, nonetheless. 
everyone else with the way I fucking write emails. But, it's because I'm in the other room. Yeah. You know I'm well. You haven't heard Pertillo burrow through me yet. I'm afraid that if I don't end my emails that way, something bad will happen. It's the last time you talked to me, you're like, I didn't, I didn't work uh, so well. It was, uh, it, so having dealt with this ecosystem and these people, and people have come and gone. There have been people, Michael Marconi, we were just talking about, who's yep. a great guy yep. that I mean, worked I, over I, there. Jill Weber was always. Jill Weber was G- the original. Jill Weber, like, and this is, I guess, goes to t- just a. Uh, as a lesson for your life, whether you're in video games or not, I remember when I started, and it would be dealing with Jill about, because I'm the lowest guy in the totem pole, so we're talking about the most bullshit PSP game or whatever it was, and to have that relationship go from that to, I'm reviewing Uncharted 2, and then I think she worked on 3, right? Yeah, 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 Uncharted 2 and 3. Well, I wasn't reviewing Uncharted 2. Doesn't matter. She, We worked on two Uncharted games at the top level because we had both risen that way. You know what I mean? It was like, that's fucking awesome. Yeah, it's cool. There's, there's you know, Aram Jabari who uh, worked at Atlas, Atlas for a long time and then yeah, yeah. works at Sony, a really consummate professional, really great guy, very knowledgeable about video games, very knowledgeable about technology. These people. Alex Armour. Uh, Alex Armour. Yeah. Um, Ron Eagle. Yeah. Uh, uh, Claudia, I mean, there's a, there's a, there's a, there are Claudine rather. There's a yeah, bunch yeah. of, there's a bunch of people b- back in the day that we dealt with even back when Sandy, Sony, for people that don't know, Sony San Diego and their office a long time ago had their own PR staff that was apart from the San Mateo office, right. which eventually they folded Eric in. Levine. Eric Levine, Eric Smith uh, was yeah. a great guy. Um, Jacob Jones is a great guy. Al DeLeon. These are all people. Oh, yeah, Mary uh, these are all people. These are all names to you guys that you'll never deal with ever. But these are people that when we, need access when we need to answer a question for you guys when we need a game to talk about have always comment well we need to comment they've always treated us uh professionally and with respect and with courtesy and if they have nothing to say and when they're mad they'll say it and when they have a question they'll ask us and when we see them in person they'll ask what do you think of this yeah what what can we do better here what and and it's because they care it's not it's not you know i've always having dealt with lots of pr people good people some pr there's there's been a couple of experiences i've had that again i'm not going to talk about that have been fucking atrocious um, and nothing like untoward just people that are assholes right nothing nothing crazy just people are assholes yeah but these people have never been assholes to us and they're a little piece of the pie that makes this shit run not from a an influence perspective not from a perspective of saying like give it this or else or do this and we're never going to send you anything or anything like that but from a perspective of like these guys have a voice, these guys have an audience that cares about our products, and we are going to facilitate that that as as best as we can in the most professional way that we can, and that's why we go out once twice a year and have dinner with them. That's why we uh, you know try to keep keep in touch with them when I when uh, you know uh, we're talking about Jen Dean, who is a PR person I've been dealing with a long time there, and you too. When she's a huge Raiders fan, and when I see the Raiders on, I, I, I'm like, oh, you know, when they when they when they made the playoffs, I texted her congratulations. I'm like, yeah. that's so that's so fantastic. Over time, these people um, become the facilitators of, of 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 just helping you do a fraction of your job better. Yeah, and uh, they deserve more credit. And I, I hate the insinuations that there's untoward things. Again, I can't speak to the other people's experiences. I don't know what the fuck other people do or what happened, but I know in my own experience that kind of shit that you hear about or you read about never happens. It never even approached happening. Yeah, because I mean, these people are just also doing their job. And, and it's that thing where you know we're talking about answer your question, doing this. Like again, the Horizon event for me yesterday and the future for you. Uh, the fact that. PR got everyone down there. PR set up all the times. PR makes all those stations work. Uh, Alyssa, who's PR, wa- is walking around. They're making sure that everyone gets equal time with them. They're checking you in. They're giving you hard drives. They're taking care of this. They're making sure the hard drives get down. On top of just the technical level, they're making sure no one's filming the screen. No one's doing this. They know the impart- Like These people, you have to understand. I mean, one of the, I, I want to give a shout out to uh, another one of my friends in the industry who is a PR person, John Harden, who's who's Atlas, who took over for Atlas uh, yeah. after Aram left and also does Sega now. Do you want to do rapid fire PR people? Yeah. Talking about that, I mean, there's that. There's Sean Norton. 
You want to I mean, Sean Norton, of course. Strategy, who's done a, a buddy of ours. Games, all sorts mm-hmm. of stuff. Great guy. Yeah, yeah. I want to say just quickly with with John Harden. Oh, Alicia Kim. Sorry, I thought I thought we we're going back. No, no, no. Just, rapid just, fire. I just not not too rapid fire. Like <laughs> okay. like sorry, sorry, like, sorry. like it's like powder. We're loading the powder in the powder. like rapid fire in like the 1750s. Um, so I I want to say because I want to say this like these people deal with some fucking idiots and some assholes. Uh, that are looking to do anything that is against the embargo or things that they don't want you to do. And I'm not saying that like they don't want you to write bad about things about the games. So, like they don't want you to take off screen footage. They don't. John Harden always text, you know, tweets out like you have five followers on your YouTube channel. Stop acting like or stop selling the keys we're giving. These are the things that these people have to deal with that you don't think about. Like yeah. that people are tricking them into giving you them keys so they can go sell them on a website or. You know, it's not just this front-facing things with normal people that deal with games in a normal way. They have to sift through the bullshit. Um, and they also have to deal with uh, with the realities of the fact that not all their games are good. And they know. That's the thing. It's like they do things, as we said before, called mock reviews. That are, that's usually a collaboration between an outside party, PR, and marketing to see what a game, how, how, what, what a reviewer would think of a game so they have some sort of preparation. So they're not stupid. When a game, you know, when a game like Homefront, the, Revo- uh, the Revolution comes out, everyone knows that game's going to be terrible. There. We don't know until we play it, but they yeah. know, um, and they have to do their best then put their best face forward. I, I guess what I'm saying is for the for the marketing and PR people, they're they're kind of the unsung heroes of the whole situation because they are the gatekeepers. But I think that they've far 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 more often than not been uh, consummate professionals to us yeah. and treated us with a great deal of respect. But anyway, so that's my the the musket is now loaded. You can now talk about Alicia Kim. No, I'm mean, I was just going to name names. I thought you were going to a much more broad of like this of like people are and I, it's one of those like we could be here all day listening PR mm-hmm. people so I was just going to throw names out. Sure. Alicia we can Kim just keep saying PR people and move Yeah, on. PR people Alicia Kim's great. Bethesda's team's great. Tracy, uh, Tracy and all of them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, uh, I I I'm quite fond of the of the the PR third party PR agencies that deal with companies like Tecmo Koe. The NIS guys are fucking fantastic. Alan Costin those guys are awesome awesome people. Really professional give us great access to yeah. their games uh everyone at xbox we're talking about playstation we're playstation i'll tell you right now, i'll tell like, you yeah it's one of those things like that was the other thing when we left it was like okay what's gonna happen with nintendo and xbox because we don't have relationships with those we didn't cultivate those over 10 years because it wasn't our beat and the way everyone reached out now i mean i talked to jeff rubenstein formerly of the playstation blog shout out to sid schumann justin masigo ryan clements again mm-hmm. uh ray gutierrez from you know yep. back then but i mean like you know, Jeff, even before he got there, everybody at Xbox was ready to help us out and do whatever. Rich over at Nintendo. Like, there's so many people who understand what this is and what we are and what our, what we've done in a decade and why they should be part of it and help us out. And yeah, there's been... there's been a PR little, could go on forever. And that's what I was saying at the beginning of the podcast, and that's why I, I think it's so interesting. Just to give you a little glimpse of it. Like, these, these are the people that we deal with. Yeah. And you end up having a rapport with them. You end up having your own little relationship with them, your own little friendship. Um, and it's productive and allows the wheels to be greased so that they rotate, you know, and don't grind against each other in ways that are, that stymie the ability of us to do our jobs. And so have we butted heads with these people before? Yes. Yes. It's like any other relationship. But, but of course that is part of the, part of the process and shows how honest and forthright it is. And I think that's really great. I want to give a getting out of the PR realm, um, and you know, because we're we're running, you know, running into the hour mark here, and I know we want to, we want to go for the normal ninety minutes, or whatever. Moving over maybe to the dev side or whatever. Oh sure. I want to start with Shuhei Yoshida, yeah. who's a listener of this podcast, who you and I know very well, and and have had really remarkable experiences with. And he's Incredible. just a really. It cannot be understated how much of a nice man he is, and how very little we talk about video games with him. And that's one of the that's one of the cool things. When, you know, I we've we've had the pleasure of having dinner with him. I had dinner with him twice in Tokyo. 
we don't talk about games. Like he's just an interesting man with an interesting background, living an interesting life. And yet, Having, and when he came over for dinner with you, when you were there, but it was mainly you know when Jen was cooking and my mom was there. Having Shuhei talk, like when he came in, we just all started shooting the shit, talking to my mom about him having twins. You know what I mean? Like that was so cool because I mean, first off, I've talked to Shu about his family a million times, or whatever. But to have him talking to my mom about that, you know what I mean, and how natural that is because the whole thing with Shu, you know, begins from. When Twitter, when I first got on Twitter, and we put up a podcast beyond, and Shuhei responded to me, and I think it was Clements who came over and was like, "Do you know who just said that they listened to the show?" And I'm like, "This Japanese guy," and he's like, "Yeah, click it." And he's like, "Oh, President Sony Worldwide Studios," which sounds so laughable now, but this is Shuhei wasn't in, in press conferences, and he wasn't out in front of the camera, and he wasn't doing all this stuff. And if you ask him, he'll tell you we we being Podcast Beyond and our the best friends and everything else are a big reason that happened is because. We like, oh fuck, okay. Well, we need to interview him at E3, and then I'll never forget. You went to the you, it was when you were sick with your when we thought you had Crohn's, and I remember going to the bathroom and opening the door and being like, "Colin, we gotta go." And you're like, "I'm almost done, I'm almost done." And you came out, and then it was me and Clements walk with you walking, and I had my notebook and I had written out shoe s h o e hey h e y yo she and, and Clements kept quizzing me as we walked over and over because I'm so bad. It's I was so afraid of fucking it up, but then we got there and it was so natural because it was. He, he wasn't, it wasn't bullshit. He hadn't blown smoke. He hadn't listened to that one episode. He knew every fucking inside joke. He knew everything about us already because he was a true fan. Yep. And that's when it was off to the races on that relationship where it was. And the fact, what I always hang my hat on, right, is that, first off, I love the, I love the support you guys give us. I love that we're the number one PlayStation podcast. That's awesome. What means even more to me is the amount of, of people in the PlayStation community who make the PlayStation games who listen to this. Obviously, we're going to talk about Scott Rohde. Yeah, the of fact course, that, a great guy. I mean, developers, whether, they, you know, Neil Druckmann, you, I can go down the list of developers who will text me something or say something to me that are my friends or DM me if they just know me through this. Like Jaffe, you know what I mean? These people who legitimately listen to this show, not because, of, oh, God, I got to listen to these guys. Clearly, we have something going on. Clearly, our opinions matter in some level to what we're talking about. I mean, clearly, about. our opinions matter. And that's, and that's I know, bothers some people, but I also know that that's uplifting our, a lot of our audience who know, who feels in a way that we speak for them because they can't speak. And that's the thing. I don't, exactly, because they, they don't have this angle. It's not that our opinions matter because we move units or we do this. Our opinions matter because we're the barometer of you, the listener, or the viewer. You, what you theoretically, if you're watching the show and consuming the show, you agree with one of us on certain issues. Or you love to disagree. It's the same reason people love Stephen A. Smith or or, or watched, uh, uh, you know, uh, Undisputed with with Sharp yeah. and uh, whatever Bayless. You yeah, know? there's there's something here in you that that we're a barometer for the community in some way, shape, or form, and that's why I think people probably start to listen because it's popular. They want to know what people are going on, but then you get deeper into it that hopefully we're providing entertainment as well definitely so a shout out to Shuhei a shout out as you said to Scott Rohde who I think is a really great guy really funny dude uh, we gotta get him in for just two hour podcast yeah I agree. like another like you I mean like this shout out show is about a whole bunch of different moments right obviously uh, beyond 300 sh- revealing Shuhei and the way that place went crazy right but and that was such a loud awesome moment it's great on camera and all these different things maybe just as powerful but super understated was at the end of that night when we had we finally finished autographs and we're walking back Scott Rohde sitting there in a chair and like 15 kids in chairs around him him just talking to them about PlayStation and what's going on behind the scenes and it's like holy fuck like you know what I mean not and it's not like I can't believe he'd do that of course Scott would do that it's just such an awesome opportunity that like when we talk about 
why PlayStation resonates and why it's this thing and what it is and, and why they can do a PSX. That's why they can do a PSX because not only does do they care that much, the audience cares that much that they're going to, yes, let's sit here and fucking talk, whatever you want to tell us. Let's talk about your fucking PlayStation shoes, Scott. It seems like an obsession. Yeah, he, he's he's a funny guy. He's a, he's a, he's a PlayStation cat, man. I'll yeah. tell you. Uh, Gio Corsi, we already know. Course, have a great now. affection for Gio Corsi, yeah. uh, who's one of the great minds in the industry, I think, and, and just a really funny and friendly guy. Um, and uh, he deserves a shout out. He's a fan of the show as yep. well. Um, and then, you know, getting down, do you, uh, have we ever told the uh, You Don't Got It Man story? No. Should, that, should we leave names out of it, you think? No, let's not tell it then, because okay. it, if we can't, Tell it the way it's it's uh yeah I don't it's a funny it's a it's funny a story one day well, we should ask them if we can we tell should, it. next time we talk to them about games we should do it because that is one that like I just texted you the other night about yeah. it because it's just the like that's really one of the funniest things that's, that ever happened in front of both like in front of in in front of both of us well, and that <laughs> speaks to the fact of like you know I mean we're starting to talk about devs and the stress that they are under at all times to make their game awesome to make it fun to the, for fans to make it present well and like the things that come in and out of that and i think that also steps into the fact of like i you know my game awards speech right like i always talk about it that uh came around at an interesting time for me because what i had been thinking about doing because it was kind of funny in community we could do whatever the fuck we wanted and didn't have to worry anymore leading into that i what the, before i ever got nominated for the award i had been kicking around this idea of a chain letter youtube video that i was going to do that would be you it, the video would start and it would be me and i'd be like Hey, game developer, you don't know you. Maybe you know me. Maybe you don't. Don't worry. If you do, I was basically going to thank them, explain to them how much this all matters and tell them this video isn't monetized. This video isn't public. It's unlisted. I want you to share it to other game developers in your thing because everybody I think needs encouragement at some point. Da, da, da. Because for me, and this is all personal baggage, probably like there is a not there's a bullshit to you and I being popular and successful. Because all we I do agree. is talk about other people's creations. Yep. And the fact, like, the great example, and, like, this is, the example yesterday, Horizon event at that coffee shop. I went off with Herman, and we're sitting there talking, right? And we literally had that thing. Like, and just to be clear, you're talking about Herman Holst, who's the head gorilla. Uh, right, 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 right. Okay. And uh, we just gotten off the thing. He's like, oh, you guys are doing it so well. I see you everywhere. It must be cool. And I'm like, yeah, it's fun. Blah, blah, blah. And then, like, literally five minutes later, a, ki a kid was at the, came and got his coffee and sat down. He turned around. He's like. I'm sorry, are you Greg? And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, hey, I'm Eric. I'm a lawyer. I'm working. I'm like, oh. And I'm, I thought he was like a games journal person at first because that happens now because I'm so old. People all the time right. come up to me like, oh, man. Are I got, you Greg? I got into No, he's no, he's young. <laughs> are you Greg? I'm Greg. There we go. I got a little bit better there. <laughs> but they come in like, I got into this because of you. And I'm like, oh, my God. I can't believe I've been around long enough for somebody to say that. But I was like, oh, you're not. Oh, no. You're, he's just here for coffee. Oh, that's fucking. He's like, what are you doing down here? I'm like, oh, I'm about to see Horizon. And he's like, oh, yeah, I hear you and Greg talk about that or Colin talk about that all the time. And I'm like, yeah. And Herman's like, you should try to, you should probably tell him like when the release date is. I'm like, yeah. And then this is Herman. He makes the game. And the guy's like, oh, cool, thanks. All right, bye. And I'm like, what the fuck, man? Like the the entire team of like that made the narrative. And it's like, yeah, it is. It is very frustrating. It, like it, we, I, and that's what I, 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 if I, I feel like not if I was a game developer. Uh, if there have to be game developers, there have to be a time in their lives when they see us doing what all this dumb stuff or like they see us at PAX or PSX and we're getting security walking us around all this dumb shit and they're like motherfucker I'm just trying to get you to play this indie game like and not a chip on their shoulder because I don't think it's well, confusing it's undeserved that they're like why are these people like, they didn't well it, 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 it's it, again it's 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 a funneling of we we 
it sounds strange, but we do we do all this so that you can just experience it in one place, right? Like it's not possible for you to jet set and see Herman Holst and then and then you know do this and this and this. And so I think that that's kind of the nature of the beast. Yeah. But I agree with you. It is. It, I mean, it, it's not it's not unique. There are people very famous to talk about what other people do in politics. There are sure. people very famous to talk about what other people do in sports. There, are, you know, like. But I but and I agree with you. But I feel like it, the. It's more and more nascent in our industry, and that's why. I and think the thing about it is, like in politics, okay, James Carvel or whoever, you know, fucking Clinton. They, these are people you would recognize and see. James like, oh Carvel's my God. The, your example. Okay. <laughs> I love James Carvel, man. Who's the engineer of the 1992 Clinton election? Okay, Greg, thanks. <laughs> but like sports is the same way, right? Like Hunter Pence or whatever. Right. Like there's standouts there, and there's standouts for game devs too. Absolutely. But I bet. I mean, even that said, I still bet if. We're walking around. I'm probably going to get not. I'm talking about in real life. I bet I get stopped more than Neil Druckmann gets stopped. Yeah, which is unfortunate and unfair. That's yeah. another shout out, by the way. Neil Druckmann, a really great I guy. We're going to get to Naughty Dog, right? Let's, I mean, let's just let's just go through. We're running. We're, I mean, Neil Druckmann, Bruce Straley, of course. Uh, Amy, of course, before she left. Yeah, Amy already amazing. Uh, Christoph and Evan are the exact same thing, honestly. Where I remember being starstruck the first time I. It was after Uncharted, and I, 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 it was some. It wasn't Game Awards. I don't think it was something in LA like that, though. And they were like, we we ran each other stepping out, and they were like, oh, you want to sit and talk? I was like, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. And like, to, now it's a friendship, but I mean, like, to sit there and interact with them on that level, and like, for them not to think it's a big deal, you know what I mean? And like, it was like that. I mean, so all of them, David Ballard, of course, now Kurt. Uh, I feel like we're gonna miss so many people. Arnie, Scott Lowe, but he doesn't count. Scott Lowe's a washout. Yeah, I mean, we're, I mean, we are going to miss people, and we, we apologize yeah. about that. But just Naughty Dog has treated us with a great deal of respect. They invited me into their doors for a week um, in which I saw things that I shouldn't have seen and yeah. knew things that I shouldn't have known, and they trusted me uh, with that, and I did not, you know, I wasn't there to tell that story, and I didn't tell that story. Yeah. Um, specifically that it was clear as the day is long that they were working on Uncharted 4 when I was there, long before it was announced. Um, and uh, I was just you know that's not why i'm here i'm here to tell your story i'm not here to talk about uncharted force so don't worry about that yeah. uh that's kind of the rapport you build i could have scored a huge exclusive and then never had any contact never with, them again. with them again and that's not who i am and that's not why well, i'm not trying to ruin people i'm not trying to do that kind of thing um and so they've always treated us with a great deal of respect uh insomniac uh oh, has geez, uh yeah. marcus smith james stevenson ted price a uh, ton of people over there uh, drew murray a bunch of people over there have been very great to us uh and um we really love them as well and that's another great example of everything i'm talking about where it was PSX in San Francisco last year, so two years ago now, but uh, where I just won the game award and I got in the elevator with Kevin to go get something from somebody's room in the W, and as we got on, Ted Price got on. He's like, oh, hey, Greg, blah, blah, and we bullshit. He's like, congratulations. And he walked out, and we went back down. I'm like, Kevin, do you? I'm like, Kevin, do you? And not to insult Kevin, but I'm like, do you know who that was? And he's like, no. I'm like, fuck. And he's like, who was it? I'm like, he's in charge of Insomniac. He does this, and he knows me, and he wants to talk to me. Yeah, it's get very, my opinion it's on very, days events. it's very cool. Yeah, um, and we're very lucky and very blessed about uh, it. I want to give a personal shout out to uh, Hideo Baba and uh, KG and Afune. Mm -hmm. Hideo Baba is in charge of the Tales franchise, and and Afune obviously speaks for himself. These people have both been very nice to me. Um, it is bizarre that Inafune knows who I am. Sure. Um, and uh, it is bizarre that Hideo Baba, who doesn't really speak any English at all, just comes up to me and shakes my hand or whatever because sure. he knows I'm a Tales fan. Um, with just our couple of interactions in Japan and a couple of interactions in the States, these people are very friendly. Yeah. Uh, ben Judd, Iga. Yep. These are very, very nice people to us. Iga, uh, you know, Ben Judd, as we said, when the day before they launched the uh, the Kickstarter for um, uh, Ritual of the Night, uh, they were in our living room eating burritos. Iga's eating burrito. Uh, he, um, I know exactly where the story's going. Iga doesn't speak English at all. Um, he's not like Inafune, where Inafune kind of understands what you're saying, but he does. he's embarrassed kind of to speak it. Iga doesn't speak English. 
a common rookie mistake with California burritos or burritos generally, if you don't eat them a lot, because I've seen my own friends from the East Coast do it, is that they start to unwrap the entire thing out of the, the foil. The and you're like, foil. no, don't do that. Like, eat it and unwrap it a little more. Down. And Ego was unwrapping the whole thing. I was like, no, 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 no. Because <laughs> it, it all falls apart. It ruins yeah, yeah, the burrito. Yeah. And he was like scared. Like, I was like, oh, I had to talk to Ben. I'm like, I'm sorry. Please translate. Please everything translate immediately that I yeah, was yeah. not. I'm trying to help him keep it. And he started laughing or whatever. Yeah. Uh, I mean, for me, it's Kojima. And like mm-hmm. the funny thing about Kojima in this instance is that I have the photo on my phone still, right? But like to show you this progression of our careers, obviously I start and as I've always said, Metal Gear is like this huge, you know, thing for me. It, it changed my life and put me on this path when I was starting to deviate, I think. And uh, to go from that to, oh my God, I'm reviewing Peace Walker. How fucking cool is that? And I think it was the next E3 maybe two later and you and i were in line for the playstation uh, e3 conference when it was outside it, 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 sports sports no shrine no no it was when we were outside walking to the i think it was a sports the same moment. place it always was yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. but it, i yeah okay uh, anyways we're outside where they have the food trucks and all that shit. but we're in line and you and i were in line i look back i'm like holy shit that's fucking hideo kitchen behind us and you're like is it and i'm like yeah okay i'm like I, we, I, we were both like, we got to do this. We got to take the photo. And like, I know he's in. He it's such a bad picture. So. I know. Exactly. And so I would turn around like, hey, could you, and who's with Ken, who now I can count as a friend or whatever. But at the time, like we don't, he doesn't. None of these people know us from Adam, really, because we're just names on a byline or voices on a podcast. Especially if you're in Japan, you don't deal, read exactly. our media at all. And so it was that thing where you could tell they were like, eh, and then we handed them business cards and they said IG and they're like, oh, OK, these guys aren't completely crazy. And we took that photo and it was like. Wow, how awesome was that? And then you jump ahead years later to the PlayStation 4 launch event in New York or whatever. And I had been, of course, trying to get Kojima on up at noon forever. And it never, ever happened just because of how hard it is and how busy he is. And he was never through San Francisco. And uh, at that, he was at that event, though. And we scored an interview there. And so we go up to the hotel suite that they're showing uh, – Phantom Pain or was, it must have been Ground Zeroes. They were showing Ground Zeroes content on PlayStation Four, and I think don't quote me. And uh, cool, we didn't we weren't there to play the game. We already played it somewhere else, and so it was just there to do the interview. And so we packed two mics, two wireless mics. Uh, and so it was like, okay, it's not going to be like me and Caleb are talking. All right, it's not going to be an interview. I'll be behind the camera. I'll ask the question until we repeat them back. It'll be him and his translator. And so I'm in. I'm, this is when I'm wearing the shirts and ties, all the events, anyways, and stuff. I like that period of my life before I was like, "Fuck it, I just don't care again." It, 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 I rubber banded as well. I used to try to dress nicer, like, and I, I was like, like, "I don't really." That care. was the thing when I was like getting ready for that event yesterday at like five thirty in the morning. I'm like, "I'm not putting on a collar shirt. Thing, they'll be fine." Uh, but anyways, we set it up, and I, went, I'll never forget it. Sat them both down in front of the camera. I sat behind the camera, and Kojima turns to his translator, like, and the and the and, he, and the translator turns to me and he goes. Mr. Kojima would like to know why we're not getting the full Greg Miller experience. And I was like, like what the fuck? Like, I'm like, he knows up at noon. And like, oh, he watches it all the time. And I'm like, holy shit, are you fucking kidding me? Of like, what, from that PlayStation event, but I mean from the first time when I'll never forget playing Metal Gear Solid 1 and the screen goes bl- black and it popped up in the green text Hideo and then it went small, like your TV did at the time. And being like, why does it say, and like a friend explained it to me and I was like, Wow, what a fucking world to then jump ahead to that our final E3 at uh, uh, IGN where I gave him the uh, the painting somebody had sent me of Peace Walker and stuff, and then now in the past for you, but to go to RTX Sydney for us next week and have a two hour one on one interview with Hideo Kojima, like who is now like I consider a friend, like right like, when he came through his two first tour of Metal Gear Solid Five Phantom Pain after I guess it was about to be out, but I'd already beaten at the review event, right, like. They invited me to LA to be interviewed by Kojima. 
And I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? And he, yeah, I'll go. And I went there and he hugged me and we just talked about Metal Gear. And he was so excited because I was the first fan he had met that had beaten it. So we talked for like 45 minutes for, a, a, you know, two seconds in this thing of me talking about Metal Gear. It was amazing. It's, uh, yeah, he's a he's an interesting cat. I like him. Uh, shout out to, you know, some, some, some you know, last, last shout outs, I guess. We don't want to be here forever, but. Shannon Studstill from Sony yep. uh, from Sony Santa Monica, the leader of Sony Santa Monica, has always been really friendly. Uh, um, shout out to Sucker Punch, who was yeah, I was gonna really get there. Yeah. Brian Fleming, Nate Fox, again, and like that was the same thing. Of I'll never forget when I went up to see Infamous the first time or whatever, and talking to them and just being like, these guys are all awesome. Like they're just cool dudes. You know what I mean? To actually, and then to, you'd be here years later, where I will never in my life forget watching that playstation 4 event when you were out there in new york and it, it was me and damon were watching it in the studio the lights are off though and like when i heard nate's voice and i flipped the fuck out and everybody's like well, he, nothing was on screen yet it was still like the logo and i'm like this ain't fucks this is infamous it's gonna be a soccer ball track. <laughs> like i was like so fucking and i like you know the fact that like we go up there and these people want billy harper you know what i yeah. mean like yeah, we go guy. up there and these people want to interact with us and want us to be parts of their lives yep it's very touching shout out to eric jensen at sony band who was uh one of the first I think very first people that worked at Sony that made it known to us that he worked at Sony. He's worked at Ben now for 10 years, um, worked on uh, Resistance Retribution and on Charter Golden Abyss, working on Days Gone. Just a really friendly dude, good game designer, family man. Yeah. Uh, really, really nice guy. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't even know like how we can go on and on yeah, and yeah. on and on and on. But, uh, you know, these are the people, these are the days of our lives. These are the people that... Make all this happen. Make the games and facilitate our access. That facilitate the games being made. That facil- this is the little taste and behind the scenes of the people we know and why we know them and how we relate to them and yeah. and why those relationships are important. And uh, I hate seeing um, you know in years past the the, the kind of the, the degradation and the attacking of these relationships that people have with each other. Where, where I think that they're important. Um, it doesn't mean that everyone's going to each other's weddings or, or having Sunday dinner with each other. It, what it means is that these are the, the these are the things that are necessary um, and that they're good, that they're, they're important, that this is the way humans deal with each other, that it doesn't mean that our that our, our friendships or relationships with all of these people means that we treat them any differently. When their games suck, they suck. They know it and we know it. Yeah. Um, and I, I like that. And I like, so I like giving people a little, little behind. And the, that's the thing clips. about it. Like on the, t- I mean, you know, whether it's from PR or this to a developer standpoint, when we don't like something and we let that be known, right? If, if that was, to end a relationship the like the, like you wouldn't be friends or have a relationship to begin with with that person right and i for me i always think about a for a personal example and not even that bad of one but like gary witta right like gary had been around the office once or twice i remember when we did the ign for haiti live stream nicole tanner had him come through and do uh, a thing with dana uh, and they talked about book of eli and i was like oh that's really cool i don't know this guy or whatever and then I really met Gary when it was Walking Dead, when Telltale brought him on as a story consultant for season one. And he came on up at noon when it was still super, I was still in that red tie and the gray jacket and I touched his knee and everybody thought that was funny. But I remember like he was like, yeah, and I worked on episode four. Like that's the one I actually did a story for. And I was like, oh man, I can't wait to play it. And I was reviewing him too. And so then eventually like months later, I played episode four and it was the one I reviewed the lowest. I was like, this episode's kind of meandering, and it's not really like, and like when you play it as a full game, I think it works a lot better. But when it was like, I've been waiting it was old Telltale, three months, three and a half, four months for this. You know what I mean? I was like, what the hell? And it was one of the only comment Gary ever made about it was like, uh, 
he was talking to some other kid and some kid's like well you know Greg Miller didn't like that zombie movie that they were talking about and he's like well we all know Greg Miller doesn't have the best taste in zombies things and he went he did a winky emoticon and like now of course he's he's the most uh, guest starred game over Greggy show person you know what I mean he's on all the time yeah. he cried on our podcast like we're bros we're family and like if it would have been that he was so thin-skinned or I was so Abrasive. unfairly vicious yeah. right that like then this relationship wouldn't work and you wouldn't see that and it, that would be the whole case of it indeed indeed yeah. So, uh, oh, we forgot one. We group. forgot. I'm sure. I mean, we we, we, we we forgot a ton of people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure, but there's two more. I want to two more groups. I want to get out there real quick. One, you will be happy. I did. The first is uh, for myself is Yacht Club. Um, I know who, you second, uh, who I who I you know adore uh, to this day, yeah. and the people there uh, are just great people, hardworking people. Created a little bit of a niche for themselves and a whole lot of money. I hope and uh and are making a great game and shovel knight and all the expansions and they they've always treated me with a great kindness and respect um and then drink box um who uh just phenomenal team up there in toronto and trana uh and uh have given us incredible access Mm -hmm. and incredible respect and make great games and we always encourage you to support them because they deserve your support yeah yeah fantastic stuff there and then, yeah, I mean, like, uh, I'm trying to, I mean, I'm, sh- again, we're going to forget people and we're sorry. We're not assholes. You understand? 10 years, it wears on your brain. You start falling apart pretty quickly. Yeah. I uh, mean, Michael and, and the team at, at Housemark, I mean, I can go on. I, mean, I know. Jaffe, we've mentioned, mentioned, you know. Cliffy. Uh, uh, oh, yeah, of course. Uh, uh, Deb Mars. Deb Mars, I mean, yep. Deb Mars is another one. Like, I, that was always fun to see your relationship with her grow because, like, I, she was another one of mine, like, yeah, I'll, I want to know about Fat Princess. Tell me all about that. Yeah, she's a mean? fascinating, fascinating woman. I, I really got to know her during uh, during Escape Plan, um, and her telling the story about how they developed that game. And then, and I, whenever I drive by the bar, there's a bar downtown um, that she told me she's like, I was here uh, with some of the developers, and we drew on uh, went upstairs and drew on napkins that w- what would end up becoming Escape Plan. And I always drive by that bar in an Uber, and I'm like, which That's bar is it? It's the t- the tabletop or the, t- the something tunnel top, top. Tunnel, tunnel, tunnel top, tunnel top. I know tunnel top. And uh, and I was like. That's so video game history got me. It's just a little piece of history. No, no, that's awesome. I'm not knocking it. I'm not knocking it. So just a tiny piece of history, right? Sure, sure, sure. Uh, sure. And yeah, she's always been super friendly, a great mind uh, for game design. She, for people that don't know, I I think I don't think she's at Santa Monica anymore, but she uh, she helped with a bunch of different games there that were like kind of X Dev games, whether it's uh, everybody's gone to the Rapture or Escape Plan or Fat Princess and and all that kind of stuff. So, which is what I always thought when everyone's like Fat Princess is sexist i'm like well the leader of sony santa monica is a woman and one of the one of the people that helped make the game is a woman so i don't i don't know that i necessarily might not be, in the line might not be the most sexist thing in the world but okay um who doesn't want to make the woman fat so you can't move her yeah that sounds what a great that idea. sounds what like a funny, a, that's an amazing idea yeah, for a, that's a funny little thing they did anyway there. yeah we're gonna for, i want to stop saying anything because i know steve gainer i want to talk about. yeah steve gainer of course uh, i mean we have any i mean again we're i felt so bad i think i told you it's at xbox last year i went to xbox uh, uh microsoft at e3 to see uh specifically to see in a yeah uh, in recore and uh, i was walking by and steve was showing um tacoma, uh, tacoma and uh i was like hey Colin, what's going on give me a hug whatever i'm like hey man it's good to see you whatever he's like and i felt so bad he's like because i had to go to a point he's like you want to come in and see tacoma I'm like I gotta go. Like I can't, I can't, and I'm sorry. You, like, you got a platinum? Oh, not even on the system. Oh, you're not bringing on PlayStation. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> you tip over the wall. I know. He's like, no. Um, inside. But what a friendly, what a great mind. Uh, really, really nice. Yeah, guy. yeah, yeah. But and really good dust too. Mm-hmm. Uh, we haven't touched on any of our colleagues, of course. Everybody a giant bomb. Whether it be Dan, mm-hmm. Jeff. Uh, I mean, Danny, who's not there. Mary Kish, who just left. You know, Alexa, who's coming and done yep. so much for us and stuff like that. Yep. Having dinner with her next week. She's uh yeah, a lot of people have come and gone from the GameSpot ecosystem yet. Yeah, you know, Rikert and all these guys like that. But, but Rikert's still there, but he moved to New York. Uh, and uh, yeah, the, the, some of our peers have been, have been extraordinary to us as well. 
Dave Lang, John Vignocchi. We'll stop. We'll stop doing that. Uh, we didn't go through any of the like, voice actor people. Oh, she's. Uh, I mean, I'll never forget. I I have again a photo of still. I mean, I'm frumpy now, but fr- even frumpier Greg Miller with his hair not cut and, a, and an over a way too big of a Mizzou shirt on, meeting Nolan North for the first time at E3, and that was a huge deal. Where like Sony was like, "You need to be here at this time," and then they like walked me up. And they're like, "I'm like, holy shit, you're Nolan." I was, like, oh. I was like, "That was awesome." Never thinking I'd be doing millions of videos with this guy. Never thinking, you know, when I met Troy in passing at Final Fantasy 13's launch event here or whatever, just being like, oh, man, you look like a real anime character. Again, he's going to be a part of my life forever and Laura and Travis and all these different people. We didn't talk about anybody at Telltale who's been great to us. Telltale, another great example. Job Stoffer. Yeah. Telltale, exactly. You, I mean, you talk about respect, right? And like calling it as you see it and being on the ball. We talked so much shit about Telltale, <laughs> and they're like, "I mean, it's me especially." I, I think I told the story when I went to when I saw you made an appointment for me to go see Batman because you're going to see you know, like Batman. Yeah. And I ended up really liking Telltale's Batman series. And Joe Stoffer, there's maybe twenty of us in there, journalists, uh, etc. And he calls me out, and he's like, "He's like, to what do I owe this honor that Colin Moriarty will come to the <laughs> Telltale booth?" To see it. and because they know, like, yeah. Yeah, well, first of all, what the fuck does he care? I'm like in the yeah. I'm in the massive minority of people that. That talk shit about them, but no, I mean, everyone talks shit. But we just keep buying the game, right. so nothing's going to change. But I always thought that that was a really funny, and that's and the thing. And it. people could hold grudges, and if they, but it's that thing of like, well, they're and with you know, the engine crashes a lot. We do eat a lot of saves. <laughs> there is a hitch. What are you going to do? Mm-hmm. We're not going to punish people for it. So yeah, we'll stop there. In another ten years, I guess we'll come back and do more. Yeah. Sorry to anyone that we forgot. You know, yeah, you know who you are. You know who you are. We know you know you love us, and you know you got us here. And so thank, thank you, you for all of the respect and kindness you've showed us. And biggest shout out, of course, to all the best friends watching or listening right now, because obviously we wouldn't do any of this without you. And you guys have been uh, obviously so supportive in the last two years to make kind of funny a thing with your not only your views, your support, your time, but your money, and obviously Patreon being the seed money that actually let us get out to do all this different stuff. Yeah, we could not do this without you. And then of course all the support you gave us at IGN, because again, it is that thing where. You can dial it back as far as you want to, but like, I'm not going to go host up at noon if I didn't have a following that didn't make any sense based on a podcast nobody th- that people th- that nobody thought was was listening to. It's still an unbroken chain, like, it, but it starts with its first link. Like, it's it's really amazing that you, it's it's like uh, the, it's the weakest link. You can bank at any given time, but if you don't and you don't get anything wrong, then the, the pool becomes bigger. You see, you remember the you remember this weakest link, everybody? Bank, bank, <laughs> bank it, bank it. Um. So that's the end of the show show, but I actually have all the ending segments because that's normal. Uh, Colin, are you ready to meet your new best friend? Yes. Uh, this is P.S. I love this best friend XOXO. This is usually where one of you writes in with your PSN name. We read it here. The other best friends send messages of love, respect, and support, and maybe friend requests. But instead, since this is a different show, we're doing a different one. This one comes from Curtis Dillon. Curtis Dillon says, hey, Colin and Greg. Been listening for years, and you guys inspired my career path. That's why I'm making a case for a different kind of best friend request. I'm a 24-year-old guy from Ireland, now living in Toronto, who is striving to be a games writer or media professional or whatever you want to call it. It's been my goal to work for IGN since I started listening to Beyond many moons ago, and however unrealistic that dream may be, I'm still working towards it. I've been writing steadily for about five years now for university magazines, newspapers, and websites, including What Culture, Game Skinny, and All Wrestling News. Basically, it would mean a lot for you guys to give up my Twitter, give it a shout out, allowing the community to check out some of my work and let me know if I'm on the right track. My handle is Curtis Dillon. That's C U R T I S D I L L O N 92. Curtis Dillon 92. Maybe this is a lot to ask, but I thought, what the hell? You taught me to hustle and do whatever I can to achieve my dreams. Anyway, even if you don't read this, fuck you, we read it. More. No, thank you guys. More. Thank you guys for everything. Those words don't even look a little bit alike. I'm going to stroke. 
Well, not the first time. Thank you guys for everything you do and many more years of it. Hopefully, I can meet you all one day. Curtis Dillon. If you're lucky. 92. Go get us. Go get him, Curtis. Maybe in 10 years you're doing this podcast. And you're like, here's what who shaped me. It was Greg. Right before he flipped that car over onto a van full of nuts. Uh, here's PSN's worst name of the week. As you know, Shuhei Yoshida hates you and doesn't let you change your PSN name. So we read a bad PSN name here. You can complain about it. And then one day Shuhei will let you change his name and we'll have a big supporting thing. This one comes from his forum name is Dobby for PSN. He says, thanks to Harry fucking Potter, my nickname is the nickname that falls asleep and gets dicks drawn on its face. Dobby, 66801. I mean, what the fuck? I had that name before, you stupid fucking house elf, JK. If I get one more dirty cum-filled sock in the mailbox, I'm giving someone an anal chili cheese confit. Fuck you, PSN. Let me change it. What fucking idiot puts his zip code in said stupid name? Oh, yeah, right. Me. Fuck it. This shit sucks so bad, I deserve to keep it. Dobby for PSN. <laughs> wow, that's a, that's a rambling kind of thing there. Dobby six six eight zero one. I would never would have thought it was his zip code. I just thought it was random ass numbers, but that makes sense. He's giving away his location somewhere in the middle of the country. There you go. Go get him. Everybody find him. All right. Sorry, I didn't have ad copy when we recorded. So PSN's worst name of the week is brought to you by Mac Weldon. Stop dressing like a goon and start dressing in Mac Weldon. They let me write that. Mac Weldon believes in smart design, premium frab- fabrics, not fabrics, and simple shopping. Uh, people use this all the time. They do it. They get clothes sent to them, and they love them. Mac Welding will be the most comfortable underwear, socks, shirts, under shirts, hoodies, and sweatpants that you will ever wear. It cracks me up every time. They have a line of silver underwear and shirts that are naturally antimicrobial. There it is. Means that you, you know, they eliminate the odor. Kev, these people, they go work out, they get sweaty, and then they think, but this will knock it out. Uh, they want you to be comfortable. So if you don't like your first pair of underwear, you can keep it, and they will still refund you your money, no questions asked. Not only does Mack Weldon's underwear, socks, and shirts look good, but they perform well, too. Go to MacWeldon.com and get 20% off your order by using the promo code I love you that's MacWeldon.com promo code I love you back to the show <laughs> ladies and gentlemen this has been PSI love you XOXO episode 73 thank you for coming along for the ride remember PSI love you XOXO posts every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific time on youtube.com slash kind of funny games and podcast services around the globe it's the number one PlayStation podcast because you support it and we can't thank you enough for that and all the dreams you've given us Every episode of PSI Love You XOXO ends in a song in a segment we call Singing a Shoe. Hey, this is where one of you talented motherfuckers goes to kindoffunny.com slash PSM and you give me a YouTube link for a song you made or, an, an, I'm sorry, in addition to an MP3 you made of the song you made. And then I put the MP3 at the end of our MP3 and I put the YouTube video at the end of our YouTube video via annotation. This comes from Chris, Charlie, Chris, Ryan, and Tom, calling themselves Mile High City. One Chris with a K, one Chris with a C. Just letting you know. Hi, Colin and Greg. And Kevin, if you're there. I don't think Kevin's still here. Long-time listener and big fan of your work. I've been waiting for the best opportunity to submit my song for singing to Shuhei, and the time is now. I manage Mile High City, an upcoming indie rock band from the southeast of England. Don't say oi. Hard not to, though. And we have recently released two singles to the world for free. Here's our debut single, Back Off Back of the Wall. We love it, and we hope you will too. Our debut album, Playing with Matches, will be released to the world on iTunes, Amazon, etc. on the 10th of February. 
In the meantime, you can download Back of the Wall and our second single, Stella, for free from milehighcity.bandcamp.com. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Just search Mile High City. Thanks for listening, and we hope you enjoy our music. Chris with a K, Charlie, C with a C, Ryan, and Tom. C with a C? Mile High City. It's been a long fucking week. All right, let's get it over. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, until next time, it's been our pleasure to serve you. Bye. Such a big old